It's time for Real Talk with Brian and Dan, the weekly talk radio show dedicated to discussing important real estate topics, plus insight into the local community. With a combined experience of over 50 years as local real estate brokers from the Eastside Real Estate Team at Keller Williams Realty Bellevue. Here's your hosts, Brian Levitt and Dan Edwards. Well, good afternoon. Welcome to Real Talk with Brian and Dan on 1150 KKNW. I think every time the sun shines on our show, because yeah. I think it wasn't last week pretty sunny. Sunny is gorgeous. It was fantastic. Yeah. We are glad you're listening to us today. In addition to listening to us on the radio, you can also watch us live streaming on YouTube. You can just simply Google uh, 1150 KKNW or go to the YouTube and type that in. Yeah, so it's not the same right, as Googling it. Um, you can also listen not only to this uh, this on, um, on online on YouTube, you can also um, listen to past episodes um, at Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts. And additionally, we have broadcasts of these videos that are on our website at theeastsiderealestateteam.com. And we would love for you to watch, subscribe, follow, and share. Please do share. If you find some of this content be- being interesting, please share that with your friends, families, or anybody that would find this content um, riveting. Maybe riveting might be a yeah. little much. Go back and watch the old stuff, the yeah. classics. There's some good classics. <laughs> So I'm really excited today. We have uh, a couple of fantastic guests. Um, wow. Okay, there Google. Go. There goes Google again. Google Jedediah stuff. Collins the, uh, of Rookie to Veteran and Dylan Foggett with Bank, Pro- Bank Property Management. Google is talking to me while I'm trying to do this intro. Sorry, guys. Before we get to our guests today, though, we always, um, we always have time for Real Talk. So in today's Real Talk segment, we're talking about how to generate wild interest in your home when it, when you go on the market. Right. And How do we do that? First and foremost is, is uh, preparation. Prior proper planning prevents uh, poor performance. <laughs> prior pop, proper <laughs> prior, planner. Prior, prior proper planning prevents really poor performance. Really poor performance. Yeah. And so, so um, laying out the plan, and that's what Dan and I do, go through step by step to have the home completely ready. Reasoning is, is buyers, every buyer tells me they can visualize haven't met more than one or two yet in the last several thousand. That's right. Yeah, and that's okay, you know, uh, but people like to buy the cream puff, the one, the home that's really nice. And you, know, you think about it, most of us are so very busy. When do you have time to go in and, and do the updates? So uh, when we talk to our, our, our sellers, we talk about is we're not going to trade dollars. We're not going to spend a dollar to get a dollar. Right. We're going to spend a dollar to get multiples of that dollar by having the home the very best that it can be. Yeah, and when you think about preparation... It's every fine detail, and our team handles this from making sure that we have uh, an inspection done in advance, making sure that we find any issues that could be associated with that inspection that would cause a future transaction to fall out, repair those, disclose everything else. We um, work with the repairs, so coordinate. Gabby does that. She goes ahead and coordinates everything so that we get all the things together, ready to go on time, photography, house cleaning, staging, there's a lot of stuff that goes into preparation. Right. If you just throw it on the market, you're going to probably see fewer offers. Well, and a lot of it is we're mitigating risk. We're taking and eliminating, like for example, the reason for the whole house inspection is to get any repair items done that need to be done. Right. I may know, for example, a specific job might be a $500 repair. Most buyers are going to assume it's several thousand. More dollars. than that. Mm-hmm. So what, really, what we're doing is we're we're managing risk. We're eliminating risk for the buyer. So the seller takes responsibility for that by getting it done, and then they get the reward. So it's a risk-reward relationship. It certainly is. And then the other thing, once we've prepared, is is kind of timing it for the market. Now, one thing we all know, whether it's stock market or the housing market, you can't time the market. 
but you can maximize your time on the market. So right. what do we do for that, Brian? You know, I think a lot of it is our market knowledge. Dan and I are constantly networking with other brokers about their activity, about the number of offers they're receiving on their property. So we typically time it so that once everything is done and ready to go, that's the prior preparation, we hit the market at a time to have all of our advertising, our marketing right. saturated to reach everybody on the planet. I mean, yeah. that's, you know, thank goodness for the internet. We're able to do that. But professional photography, presenting the home in its very best light, the first weekend on the market is open houses, ideally. It's not yep. required, but we encourage it. And then an offer review time a few days later that allows buyers to go through, review the inspection to um, uh, know everything they know about the property to make their highest and best offer. Yeah, our preference is to try and list on a Wednesday. That allows us to get all of the marketing syndicated out because some, some websites take a, a few days, some take you know our instant, so it depends. But also right. wanting to make sure the postcards go out, making sure that we're able to call around the neighborhoods and promote the property, and also ensure that um, that we're able to really fully explore and market that property in any way, right. shape, or form we can. And by limiting the risk on the buyer's part, for example, having that inspection done up front, buyers are able to make offers that are not contingent on inspection. Right. And so our goal is to have an offer on the table that that we can sign around and be in contract, not going back and forth for a second round of negotiations with inspection or with anything else. And then the other big aspect of negotiations is giving buyers a choice. I think old school real estate is everybody just works in the dark. You know, you make your offer, you cross your fingers, where I find that uh, working with adults, people like choices. And so yeah. we ask our sellers permission to discuss the offers that are on the table with all the buyers, yep. giving each of them an opportunity to increase their offer in this competitive market. Yeah, it's People interesting because when you think about what we'll do is we'll receive offers in the morning right? and then we'll, we'll reach out to the agents and say, your client is number two of five or number three of five. Mm -hmm. Here are some suggestions. That's right. really where we make our money, right? Because right. That, that, that negotiation, that ability to get people to kind of come back I think it's a win-win for buyers and sellers alike. A lot of times it's a process for Dan and I to educate the other brokers on how to do this. But what they find is that their brokers, rather than feeling like they're being caught in a bidding war, they have control. They have a choice. If they don't get the house, it's not a surprise. It was yeah. a choice that they deliberately made. And it sounds funny, but people feel better about it. Right. So it's, kind of, it's creating a bidding process that, that each buyer has a degree of control in. Yeah, I think it's important to, uh, for the listeners to know that it's not just price that we're negotiating on. When we're talking negotiations, it's terms and conditions. It's the ability to close, the ability to, to communicate, the inspection process, right. uh, other contingencies. It's really super important. Like during that process, Dan and I are vetting the buyer. Do they actually have the ability to close? If they yeah. say it's a cash transaction, we verify that cash Yeah, you know, and verify their financing, verify that, uh, that uh, they're being uh, forthright with us. Yep. Yep. All right. So essentially, if you're thinking about getting your home on the market, understand that there's a process there. It starts with preparation. You got to think about your timing. And then at the end of the day, you want a team that can negotiate really strongly for you. And if that's you, if you're thinking about it here in this coming spring season, you can call us at 425-200-4093 or reach out to us on the eastsiderealestateteam.com's website. All right. That concludes our Real Talk segment. If you're interested in this and other topics, that we've covered, go to the eastsiderealestateteam.com and go to our blog. We, and it, like I said, if you want to talk to us directly, give us a call. Thanks for listening. Next up, we're going to be speaking with 
Uh, Wes, who is uh, standing in, Wes Graham, for our Mortgage Moment segment, and he is with Washington First Mortgage. So come on back after the break for some more Real Talk. Did you know when you pay rent, you're actually paying someone else's mortgage? Are you tired of missing out on owning your own home? Fact, homeowners on average have 40 times the financial net worth of renters. The Eastside Real Estate Team has been helping many first-time homebuyers find and buy their first home. They specialize in customer service and put you first. They listen first to what you're looking for and then they take the time to make sure their clients understand every aspect of the home buying process. If owning a home has been your dream, the Eastside Real Estate Team can help you. For a free, no-hassle consultation, call 425-200-4093 or find them online at theeastsiderealestateteam.com, a subsidiary of Keller Williams Realty in Bellevue. Do you want to hold on to a property but don't have the time or knowledge to manage a tenant? The solution is Brink Property Management. They can take care of this for you so you can relax. Why us? We attract and retain the most experienced property managers in the region with over 23 years serving the local rental market. For more information, contact 425-458-4848 or visit www.brinkpm.com. Do you think having potential is a compliment or insult? Jedediah Collins and Rookie to Veteran empowers people to eliminate the gap between potentially achieving your goals and taking the actions to achieve success. Rookie to Veteran takes pride in translating the behaviors of the best in the world to your everyday life. Jedediah has empowered thousands of people to start capturing their dream. For more information, visit JedediahCollins.com. Or, for financial freedom, follow Jedediah Collins' YouTube channel. Wherever you go, Alternative Talk 1150 is here for you. Welcome back to the show. You're listening to Real Talk with Brian and Dan. I'm Brian. And I'm Dan. It is now time for the Mortgage Moment segment. During this segment, we like to talk about what's going on in the market. It's got to be mayhem. And today, we're talking talking with Wes Graham of Washington First Mortgage. Welcome back to the show, Wes. Hey, thanks, guys. So, Wes, how are interest rates? Tell me what you got. <laughs> <laughs> well, as we know, the lowest interest rate market here in the last couple of weeks, uh, you know, I'd say for the last 20 years. Yeah, that's the lowest wow. of the low. Wow. And uh, it's been fantastic for everyone. Obviously, I would say that we're hovering right around 3.375 right now. Can you say that again? You sounded a little muffled, Wes. Say it again, buddy. I apologize. Yeah. I'm in the back room here, so, yeah, so <laughs> right now we have we have interest rates hovering right around 3.375 for a 30 year fix. 3.375 wow. under three and yeah, a half. Yeah, with and that's with no points, guys. So that's gives you an idea how aggressive the interest rate market is right now. Wow, spectacular. So but yeah, so we have a lot of people converting from the only even going into a 15 year that's in the high twos right now. Okay, so how do you see this affecting uh, sellers right now? You know, it's affecting sellers for the positive. Uh, people qualify for more dollars. Right? The lower the interest rate, the lower the mortgage payment's going to be. So anyone that's coming in, especially in this hypersensitive market, which we're starting to see the multiple offers, you know, kind of come to fruition again like we did a couple of years ago. 
we're really seeing competitive, uh, you know, market space when it comes to the mortgage and then payments just being lower. So people are really being more aggressive with their offers. They're willing to spend right. a little bit more on the house because the interest rate market is lower and the, the people that are buying the house are getting into a lower payment. So I'm seeing the uh, um, prices on my listings bid up well over this price. How are appraisals doing these days? What are you seeing with that? So, you know, that's, it's, it's, every property is a little bit different. You know, what Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac have done, have, they've come up with their new valuations for the year. So we're still seeing a, a good amount of property appraisal waivers, even with properties oh, nice. that are bid up over market, um, which is kind of surprising. Typically, when you go into contract and you buy a house for 50 or six grand over the, the list price, typically you would see appraisal issues. Right. There's so many good comparables locally right now with oh. the market that we're in that we're finding appraisers are easily supporting valuations across the mm. board right now. So I've t- had one appraisal come in short and because the, the client built, you know, uh, won the property at two hundred and ten grand over the list price and so their appraisal came in about a hundred thousand dollars short, but they were expecting it and they were expecting it worse than a hundred thousand. Oh wow. So tell our listeners what an appraisal waiver is. So an appraisal waiver is when you put together a contract and you purchase a property for a specific price. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac have already put a specific valuation on that piece of real estate. And so if you're buying underneath that market price that Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac have deemed their value, then you will not need to get an appraisal done on the property, which is going to save you anywhere from Six hundred and fifty to eight hundred and fifty dollars uh, mm. off your closing costs. That's cool. That's great. All right. Well, Wes, thank you for this information. It's uh, definitely a market that is going to be probably one for the ages. If uh, if a buyer is out there wanting to hear about this three point three seven five rate, how do they get in touch with you? Yeah, they can just call me directly on my line at four two five two six eight zero one one six, or they can email me at west g w e s g at w s mtg.com. Awesome. That's great. Thank you, Wes. Thanks for coming in, Wes. We appreciate speaking with you today. All right, guys. Enjoy your day. Next up after the break, we have Jedediah Collins of Rookie to Veteran. Stay tuned after the break for some more real talk. Not sure if now is the right time to sell? Worried you missed the market? The Eastside Real Estate Team specializes in helping homeowners maximize their equity when selling. With our proven premier listing service, our clients have sold their homes for more money in less time than the competition. We know you have many choices when working with a real estate agent, but with the Eastside Real Estate Team, you get a team of highly qualified, experienced agents. From staging to deciding if your property is market ready for top dollar. If you're considering selling, call the Eastside Real Estate Team at 425-200-4093. Or check out our website at the theeastsiderealestateteam.com, a subsidiary of Keller Williams Realty in Bellevue. So are you thinking about Thanksgiving and hosting your in-laws while staring at the crack in your dining room ceiling, the dirty, scuffed-up baseboards, and outdated accent color you painted 10 years ago? Armadillo Painting provides full-service painting services, allowing you to focus on what's important to you and not your home to-do list. 
let them do the painting work. They take pride in taking the stress out of updating and maintaining your home with fresh paint. When working with their customers, they take the time to customize the estimate to the needs of each customer and only consider the project complete when they have confirmation from the customer is fully satisfied. Referrals are the foundation of what they do. To schedule an estimate with them, well, you can visit their website at armadillopainting.com and book online or email them at office at armadillopainting.com or even call their office at 425-641-5465. They look forward to speaking with you. Do you wonder where all your income is going, even though you're making good money? Doug at Get Priorities Straight will coach you to know where all your money is going, painlessly cut financial fat, and get your money serving you. Doug has spent over 20 years mentoring professionals and found personal finances to be hugely overlooked at every stage of life. If you want to learn more and get your money serving you, contact us at info at getpriorityssstraight.com for a confidential conversation with Doug. It's not not what you make, it's what you keep. Get your daily dose of variety. Alternative Talk, 1150. Welcome back to Real Talk with Brian and Dan on 1150 KKNW. I'm Brian. Who are you? Hey, wait a minute, we're out of sequence here. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, who are you? I'm Dan. There you go. I know who we're I am. We're both here. Okay. Our first guest today is Jedediah Collins. Jedediah Collins CFP is a behavioral coach and founder of Rookie to Veteran. After being signed as an undrafted free agent in 2008, he played seven seasons in the NFL while studying for the CFP planning in the offseason. Today, Jedediah's mission is to power students, athletes, and professionals with behaviors needed to eliminate the gap between their potential of their goals and the success they desire. As a former NFL player, Jedediah translates the mindset he learned on the field to other areas of life, whether it's personal or professional. He has empowered groups at Amazon, NFL, F5, CBRE, DocuSign, Sotheby's, and the MLB, among others. Jedediah is a passionate advocate for greater financial awareness and has worked closely with countless individuals in hopes that they begin to own their own financial future. Jedediah is an author, speaker, and most importantly, husband and father. Welcome to the show. First off, I think I need to shorten that. It that intro. <laughs> <laughs> you were talking about building up too much, too many expectations. That's good. We got a lot for you today. Yeah, that so was good. They're high. Aside the fact that he's a coog, that's ah. the only downside in oh, this well. uh, story here. We've we've already had the apple cup conversation. So <laughs> we did. You are yeah. in the winner circle at the moment, but it's hey, tough. yeah, a lot of lot of things change. Faces. A lot things of new change. Faces are coming. That's true. All right. So with all of this that's going on. Yes. Uh, being a father and husband, I know as a father and husband, that's yeah. like top priority. So what are some of the hobbies you do with your family? I love that. It, it, it's fun because I always talk to younger people I work with. I'm like, you guys don't have a clock. Like I, I, I see 435 o'clock and I have to go home. I, I want <laughs> to go home, but you got to get down there. So right. if I was without kids at this moment of my life, I'd be trying to take over the world. And I firmly believe right. believe that. But our family, we're very active, very outdoors. Uh, we actually just got to go up to Suncadia for a couple nights, uh, enjoy the snow and, uh, snow and sunshine out there. Mm-hmm. My daughter is about to turn six in a few weeks. Her thing is ice skating and being a gymnast. Nice. Uh, I, I don't have the heart to tell her she's going to be a little too tall and too <laughs> probably too big to be a gymnastics, but uh, we just, it's play all day. Um, we're about to head down to California and see my family down there, so... 
being a dad, you know, you, you walk in the door and all of a sudden you're the playground. And you know, <laughs> that's I, the I, truth. My, I woke up the other day and I was in my five-year-old daughter's bed and I looked across the room at my three-year-old daughter's bed and my wife was sleeping in that one and both of our girls were in our bed somehow <laughs> and it's that one of those moments of life that you just say what what the heck happened last night like, I, I don't know where this came <laughs> from or funny. how but we're in this phase and everybody says enjoy it because very soon they're not going to be wanting to cuddle and all that stuff yeah. i doubt it you'll set it up right no i, I mean, hope so maybe cuddling I'm at be 16 it. to 18 that may be weird so that, don't do that okay. but i'm just saying <laughs> but, but at 20 they'll come back around totally so we like to ask each of our guests about a fond memory of the home you grew up in. Where, where did you grow up? So I grew up in San Juan Capistrano, California, mm. made famous by uh, Jim Carrey and Dumb and Dumber about the salmon of Capistrano. It's actually <laughs> swallows. Swallows. Uh, yeah. But we are, it was a small kind of country uh, far, or, or horsing town. Um, I would say a little bit kind of like Kirkland Bridles Trailsy, mm. uh, but as Kirkland and Bridles Trails have both done, it is skyrocketed and it's no longer the little neighborhood I grew up in but my one of my favorite memories of all time growing up in that house so we had a, a very modest home but we had a giant backyard my dad always wanted a yard he didn't grow up with a yard and he became a gardener and mm. what three boys I'm one of five three of them are brothers and so what we would do was get those little headsets and laser tag and we had bar none the best neighbor best mm. backyard in in the world because he grew a garden and a forest back there, so we would play out there for hours. Obviously, California, no, no rain, so we were out there all day, every day, playing a little laser tag up on the hillside. Just nice. so you know, we went out in the woods in the Northwest, too. Did okay? you? With, we just dealt with the rain, okay? With jackets on. No. No jackets. Come on. I don't understand this no umbrella thing. That still perplexes That's me. That's funny. Huh? It, it is funny. Yeah, I don't use an umbrella. Nobody no. does. No. You're shunned. Well, yeah, you do if you're not from here. That's, <laughs> That's exactly true. Right. And that, I like the first time I popped mine open, people are like, you're Whoa. not from around That's here, right. are you? Like, I was in Dallas last week, and this guy walks in uh, the barbecue joint we were in, Off the Bone in Dallas, fantastic barbecue joint, is. go there. Um, so I was sitting there, and the guy walks in with an umbrella, and I'm like, well, we're in Dallas, right? Sure enough, monsoon just Boom. poured. Yeah. So we don't get that kind of stuff. It's just kind of a slow drizzle. We just kind of deal with it. I just, I, you know, and uh, more power to women. I used to have a long, long hair. Like, there's a lot of work that goes into that. <laughs> so, like, just walk outside and be like, oh, I'm risking this thing. Like, no, that's, that's uh, you got to protect yourself. Well, let's jump into what you're up to. Um, yeah. I, I, I noticed that you had a, you were part of a successful corporation. You left yes. that to go out on your own. Tell us why. So it's a great question. Uh, I was in wealth management, and I continued down this this road of my passion. And my passion is around financial education and financial empowerment. And what the change in there is, education is vital, first step, but education in and of itself is going to fail. And that was a humbling reality I had to kind of swallow, because mm -hmm. if you are just educated and you are not actionable on those items— then no impact or no lasting change is really going to take effect. And so where I get to tie, kind of tie in my two beautiful past experiences of the NFL and the CFP is where I get to take education and the, the concepts around money, and I tie in the principles of success that I got to observe and absorb being in NFL locker rooms. I was cut, told my dream was over 12, 13 different times, but that to me, now I get to turn lemons into lemonade and look at each locker room that I was a part of, mm -hmm. and I steal from those veterans, whether it's a 22-year-old kicker, a 13-year-old tackle, or an eight-year veteran safety. 
I got to watch and work out and be around greatness. And it wasn't really until I got to step away that I truly started to appreciate that. So today, I intertwine those behaviors of success with my personal passion around financial education because you look at anything like the real estate market, millennials, the younger generation, aren't able to buy the homes that they all thought and dreamed about. I see this as a, a big void and a gap in our school systems And I see this as a big void and a gap that our society is going to have to deal with. So my hope is to be one of those new voices and thought leaders in empowering people how to use money. And one of the things we had, uh, Steve Chater, who's an author of the book Hold, which we've talked about on the show, uh, which is about real estate as an investment. And I think the number one issue in society today is probably financial literacy, Mm. right, is understanding the difference of not what money's just a tool. Right. And yes. if you don't know if you can't use the tool properly, uh, I do this with my wife often. It's like get the right tool for the job. She'll grab yes. the paring knife for, you know, cutting <laughs> something big. I'm like, no, we need the right tool for the right job. And so being able to utilize the different types of forms that that money are. Now we have a, a question in here that I want to get to a little later. But um, as you as you kind of focus on um, this group, how can you be of best service to them? This group being the younger generation? Right, right. So my target demographic is definitely 18 to 35. Uh, there was a time when I wanted to be called the no money advisor uh, because I'm targeting people who are just starting their plans. Mm-hmm. And I don't want it to be an insulting no money, but every financial advisor is looking for clients with money. I wanted to be the guy who was looking for clients without money. Help to but build. Help yeah. to build. And so what my mission and my goal is is to make people realize what you just explained. Money is a tool. For a lot of people, it's a resource and it's something that they go to work for. My goal is to get them to flip that mindset and see how money can go to work for them and Hmm. make money your employee. Why the book is called Your Money Vehicle is because I want people to sit in the driver's seat and start to take ownership of where their vehicle and their future is going. One of my best advantages I can provide for a younger audience, 35 and under typically, is this idea around beginning your plan. I don't need you to be a financial expert. I don't need you to be a CFP. What I do need you to do is begin to, I call it, use money, which is U-S-E. I need you to understand Mm -hmm. the concepts around how these things work, Mm -hmm. start to build the strategies, and then find efficient, E for efficient, ways to do that. That is identifying your goals and then reverse engineering the best and most strategic way to get there, whether that is using uh, uh, different accounts for your kids and 529s, charitable and donor advice funds, or even just putting it into a Roth account, which is Chapter 10 of the Your Money Vehicle book, why a Roth account is a a young earner and a young professional's greatest advantage. You said something that really struck me that that we often talk with our investor clients about, about money being a tool. Mm -hmm. Every time we start a conversation, people talk about money as an asset, and we say, no, 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 it's a tool. An asset is, you know, an income property or a a, uh, um, stock that's performing. It's you know, money is just a tool. It's not an asset. You look at, you know, you know some countries right now uh, around the world are going to negative interest. Tell me how that's an asset. Right. That's a money loser. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so. And I, I love that. And, and that is a, a main mistake in the relationship with money. Right. We see money as this noun. Right. Not money is the objective. Money is the verb. Money is absolutely the tool. Right. Again, in my words, is vehicle. But money is what is going to transport you to that noun or that objective of your plan. And that is where the conversation kind of begins is what what is money or whatever property or whatever you're going to get? 
why are you doing that? What is the objective there? What is the end game? And being right. able to focus and really have clarity around that really provides a lot of people with a mm-hmm. good way to start a plan. Yeah, and we start with, you know, what's your objectives? What's mm-hmm. your expectations? There you we go. often find people don't have, they may not have realistic expectations, or they may. We don't know. We've got to ask the question. And I'd, I'd like to piggyback on something you said earlier about return is risk. Mm-hmm. That, to me, is one of the three core <clears throat> investment principles and one that we all have to accept is no matter what the investment is, if somebody says there's a possibility of a return, there is an inherent possibility of risk there. And I love that identification because Mm -hmm. a lot of people forget that it is a two-way street in that world. Right, right. Do you mind sharing with us um, some of the success stories of the folks that have leaned into the principles that you're teaching? Absolutely. So one I love to share is a very silly, small one, but it's around the philosophy of, of stealing inches. So I, I always explain it that the biggest difference between my college career and my professional career and, and who those players are was that a, a pro, a veteran, really identified the value of an inch. Mm-hmm. And, and that could be an inch in you know how to run a route. It could be an inch in how many fees you're paying in a transaction. It could be an inch in how you interact with people and just a small thing like knowing somebody's name is a beautiful and powerful inch. Mm. A magical inch is a smile. A smile can change not only your but a lot of people's days. Mm. So an inch in that philosophy is somebody who emailed me probably six months after the the workshop and said, listen, I I loved it. I really bought into a lot of things. I could only do 30 push-ups. But from the day you spoke, I started to try to do one more push-up every day, and I'm now up to 64 push-ups in, in one session. And I, I smiled at that, and I looked down, and I said, that has nothing to do with money. But if you take this concept and you take that core understanding and you start to put that idea into your finances, that idea of compounding interest, which is another subject that we started to identify and talk about, he began to do that as well. And I said, you're going to see the same kind of trajectory and the same kind of exponential growth in that world. And one of the, the items that I'm trying to collect data on and I'm beginning to is this idea of opening Roth accounts. I mentioned that as the main action item of chapter right. 10. Each chapter has its own, <clears throat> but that is one where I get to walk into companies and buildings and people that I've presented to, and they get to come up to me and say, listen, I understood. I, I built the strategy. I see Roth as an efficient vehicle, and I opened my Roth account. So that to me is I, I have now, my tally's up to about 212 People in the last year have come up to me. My goal is a million. I want to open a million Roth accounts across the country. So the, the idea country. is that's something small. That is something small. But can small. make a major difference. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And you know where it makes the biggest difference? Yeah, you know, I'm at a phase of my life where my wife and I are doing estate planning. Yes. And boy, are there some strong, you know, you don't have to take mandatory withdrawals. Exactly. You can really structure it even yeah. for legacy planning. It's huge. Pass to your kids right. tax-free. Right. It is an amazing. And the other, one of the beautiful things young people say, well, I don't want to put money into these accounts because I'll never be able to claw it back out. Roths haven't even a strategy around that where anything you contribute, you're able to pull back out and use for your first-time home or an investment property, things like that. So I love that. There is benefits on both sides of the spectrum, and it is absolutely one that you say, hey, if you are going to build out a long-term plan, getting to your freedom years and having this as a buffer to not have to pull out of tax-deferred accounts or looking at the estate perspective – there are endless positives. For the most part, right now, people like to see easy built-in investment returns, mm-hmm. and I get to tell them this is going to be the lowest tax bracket you're ever going to be in in your life. Right. Go ahead and tax those dollars today now, and right. push them in there. Yeah. So you said something earlier that surprised me a little bit about how many times you've been cut. In essence, <laughs> a failure, 
So yes. what's your big take? You 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 sounded like that was a positive for you. And that's tell, tell me about that. That is a uh, that's a mindset, and it's yeah. it's an identification. One of the ways I present myself is as a great failure, and I think in our day and age we kind of shy away and and protect ourselves from failing too much. I I would love to promote nothing more than failing because. Failure to me is the beginning of something. Each time I fail, I get to learn from it. Growing up, my dad had me and my two brothers play this game called King for a Day. And each day we would go out and play one-on-one basketball. My family was a basketball family. I was the black, black sheep, played football. But what we would do is go out and play one-on-one, and we probably played a 1,000 times. I remember very vividly the two days I won. But what that did to me was it allowed me to take a step back and focus on what I controlled. I don't control failing. I do control my response to it. I do control my preparation for the next one. Right. And I do control my attitude. Your mental and, right. and that is a major, major benefit. Again, that is something that the NFL taught me that was not necessarily transparent at the moment. But looking mm. at my career, building that thick skin, you realize in investments, you realize in sales, you realize in every aspect of your life, you're going to get kicked in the teeth. You're going to get knocked down. Can you get back up? 10% of what happens, 90% of how you respond to it. So I do identify as a great failure. Any entrepreneur, any successful person you've been around is somebody who really understands what that concept means because we've all – anybody who's achieved anything has has failed. Thousands of times. Thousands yes. yep. of times. Yep. Jedediah, I knew it was going to go this way. We are at the end of your segment. So we're going to have to set up another time for you to come back in because this is only the tip it's of the iceberg. Yep. But if you can share with us when your book's coming out and where people can get it when it does. Yes, sir. So March 17th, St. Patrick's Day, I would challenge you and excite you to grab a beer and go ahead and get <laughs> your money vehicle. Uh, you can order it through my website at JedediahCollins.com. It's also going to be at this kind of low-level bookstore called Amazon. I don't Never know if anybody's <laughs> been on that, that nice? but if you haven't, check it out. they got some pretty cool things. Um, it is just one of those tools that is going to begin you to use money, to teach you to learn how to strategize money and to really begin a financial plan. The book is around 10 chapters, and it is based around the first 10 questions of your financial plan. And beyond that, we're going to get into level two and possibly how to get into investment properties and things like that and how to grow and build wealth. All right. Thank you again for coming on. Enjoy the day, guys. All right. So after the break, we're going to be talking about those people that are in their spot now of investing in real estate. Dylan Foggett with Brink Property Management will be sharing what the local trends in rental in the rental market are. So join us right after this short break. Did you know when you pay rent, you're actually paying someone else's mortgage? Are you tired of missing out on owning your own home? Fact, homeowners on average have 40 times the financial net worth of renters. The Eastside Real Estate Team has been helping many first-time homebuyers find and buy their first home. They specialize in customer service and put you first. They listen first to what you're looking for and then they take the time to make sure their clients understand every aspect of the home buying process. If owning a home has been your dream, the Eastside Real Estate Team can help you. For a free, no-hassle consultation, call 425-200-4093 or find them online at theeastsiderealestateteam.com, a subsidiary of Keller Williams Realty in Bellevue. 
Do you think having potential is a compliment or insult? Jedediah Collins and Rookie to Veteran empowers people to eliminate the gap between potentially achieving your goals and taking the actions to achieve success. Rookie to Veteran takes pride in translating the behaviors of the best in the world to your everyday life. Jedediah has empowered thousands of people to start capturing their dream. For more information, visit JedediahCollins.com or for financial freedom, follow Jedediah Collins' YouTube channel. Do you want to hold on to a property but don't have the time or knowledge to manage a tenant? The solution is Brink Property Management. They can take care of this for you so you can relax. Why us? We attract and retain the most experienced property managers in the region with over 23 years serving the local rental market. For more information, contact 425-458-4848 or visit www.brinkpm.com. Working hard to put a smile on your face. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Real Talk with Brian and Dan on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm Brian. And I'm Dan. Our next guest is Dylan Foggett with Brink Property Management. Dylan holds an MBA and now helps run his family's property management company. Over the past six years, he managed a unique portfolio of roughly 200 homes south of I-90, consisting mostly of single-family homes, a few apartment buildings. Currently, he helps facilitate marketing efforts along with educating interested homeowners, and investors while onboarding new clients. Welcome to the show, Dylan. Thank you. Great to be here. So what do you do when you're not managing property? If I'm not managing property, uh, you know, I'm, I'm raised in the Northwest here. I, I try and spend as much time as I can outdoors. He's remodeling a house. Oh, nice. Uh, I am remodeling a house. <laughs> so uh, uh, recently, lo- lots of housing in my life, uh, remodeling a, a house I just bought in Bellevue here. Um, it's about this time I'm actually wishing I, I hired a general contractor because it is a, <laughs> a much bigger project than I anticipated. But, um, you know, uh, housing's my passion. Uh, other than that, I, I like to be outdoors as much as I can, snowboarding in the winter, sailing in the summer, trying to get out in the water. Excellent, excellent. Nice. So we always uh, break into memory lane here. So you grew up in the Northwest, right? I did, yep. So tell us a fond memory about the home you grew up in. A fond memory of the house I grew up in. Um, you know, I grew up in Klahani, um, uh, which was uh, at the time a very new community. Um, it was still under construction, most of it. Um, there was a, a period where the power was out for, for about a week. And, and I always reflect back on that because, uh, you know, uh, work was, uh, everyone was home from work. We were home from school. Uh, we were playing board games uh, with, with flashlights and stuff like that. Um, I, I really, really found, found that to be a fond memory, something that's very rare and, and uh, something that hasn't happened in my life since. So, mm, That's awesome. Let me guess, President's Day storm. Yeah. Probably was. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, we were out for a week. About a week, yeah. Yeah, yeah that was, was crazy. It was yeah. trees down everywhere, and, mm-hmm. and oh, yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. It's like The Walking Dead. There was a car right oh. up around the corner from our house that happened to be near a tree that fell, and oh, that no. tree, as it fell, the roots popped the car up and was sitting basically on end like oh, that. Wow. Yeah. That was pretty cool. That was yeah. a serious storm. Huh. Well, we've all experienced a rapid increase in housing costs in recent years. What's driving this? Yeah, I think uh, very similar to the sales market. Um, you know, we, uh, this is, I think, the most textbook example of supply and demand that, that I can possibly imagine. Uh, we have staggering amounts of people moving into the area for work. Um, uh, also, it's just a very beautiful area, so who wouldn't want to be here? 
Um, and, and we haven't been able to keep up with that as, as far as uh, new housing supply hitting the market um, uh, in the past years. Now, we, we are starting to get there and we're starting to see some uh, leveling of that. But uh, ultimately, that's, that's what it comes down to. What, uh, do you have hard numbers, statistics of how many people are moving to this area? Um, I do. And, and in uh, 2016, 2017, and that, that's when things were the hottest for us, uh, we, we were posting uh, ads online and having applications before we can even finish our, our, our advertisements. Oh, wow. uh, during that time, we were, we were having about 80,000 uh, people move into this area as a net in migration. That's factoring in people moving out, people moving in. 80,000 uh, net. Per year. Wow, um, people or households? That uh, that's people. Total okay. people. Okay. So uh, so it would say forty thousand uh, households, maybe right. just to be um, safe. Um, hmm. That's and that's per year, and that's that's continued on through, and and we've all experienced wow. the traffic these days. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it simply comes down to that. Most of them land in the Puget Sound region, um, uh, and and that's really what we're experiencing. And 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 recently, that's that's tapered off a little bit. I, I think the numbers for for last year are, are right around forty thousand. Um, so about half of the growth that we've been experiencing, but by uh, any stretch of the imagination, is still just staggering numbers of people moving to the area. Is it affecting all cities equally? It, uh, not, not all equally, no. Um, you know, the, the primary markets obviously are going to be uh, the greater east side, Bellevue, um, Bellevue, Kirkland, Redmond, uh, even Sammamish is, is, is growing uh, quite substantially. Uh, in Seattle. And, and what we'll see from there is that uh, cities get impacted um, as that echoes through the markets and as mm. people look for more affordable housing options and stuff like that. What do you see the best bang for the buck for renters right now? Uh, best bang for the buck for renters. Um, I love Burien. Uh, I mm. think, uh, you know, access to downtown Seattle, if, if you work in town, uh, mm. It's still very easy to get there. Uh, mm-hmm. You can still find relatively affordable homes uh, comparing to, you know, places like Wallingford and stuff like that, some of the other neighborhoods. Would the same be true for people wanting to invest? The same would be true, yes. Um, uh, I've, I see uh, often uh, houses available uh, for sale in Burien, White Center, um, and as you kind of go up towards West Seattle there that are still very affordable and um uh, and relative terms, and uh, the gap between uh, the rental income and the cost of ownership is narrow um, down there relative mm. to, say, downtown Bellevue or, or some of these other areas. Mm. So I know uh, nobody's got a crystal ball, but how long, based on your experience, do you see this demand continuing? I see it tapering off. Um, I, I don't see it uh, being a downturn or anything like that, but we are seeing uh, thousands and thousands of units coming online now. You know, the uh, the build cycle takes about eight years from from the start of a development process to the time that that uh, unit's available online, mm. uh, and we're starting to see that process now. Uh, all these buildings are being complete, uh, especially downtown Seattle. You're having entire stacks of thousand unit buildings i was going to say because you help with single family but you guys also do multi-family property we also do multi um Um, and those multi ones are the ones that can help take the pressure off the rental market absolutely um especially when you have a building with a thousand units that comes online they often have leasing specials two months free amazon gift cards all this kind of stuff impacts the overall yearly cost of the rental contract Uh, and that starts having an impact on on all the other markets as well so how are renters coping and where are they moving to? A lot of renters, um, you know, we're seeing more and more applicants, uh, multiple households, um, uh, many couples 
applying together to get larger homes. Uh, we're seeing families stick together longer, either extended or immediate. Uh, and that's, that's really to help share some of the increased cost of housing because they want to stay in a location that, that they may like uh, in some of these primary markets. Um, and, and if you think about it, you know, the, the cost per bedroom starts to diminish uh, for each additional bedroom you add onto a house that, that for what might cost uh, uh, a one-bedroom apartment or condo is $1,500. And that same market, a three-bedroom house, that doesn't mean it's $4,500 to rent that house. You might be looking at $2,500 or, or maybe mm. $3,000. Uh, and so this is uh, what we're seeing people cope um, with that. And they're also starting to move towards areas like um, Snohomish County, Pierce County, and stuff like that. Okay. So what are some general shifts that you're seeing uh, over the last few years? Uh, we are seeing, um, you know, as we post uh, houses, and, and it really depends on the city, and even within cities, there's sub-markets. You know, Seattle, uh, Ballard is going to be very different to downtown Seattle, for instance. Hmm. Um, uh, we are really seeing um, demand stay strong, uh, a leveling effect and in inventory rising, and, and uh, with that, expectations are rising because uh, with, hmm. with this new inventory that's coming online, uh, you know, it's all new construction. Their 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 walls are perfect. Their uh, their appliances are new. Their cabinets are great, uh, and that's really starting to impact uh, the secondary market uh, as far as um, houses built in 2000 or even 1963. So the expectation of of somebody paying uh, top dollar is going to require those landlords to either do updates or understand the prices affected by it. Exactly. And, and if not update, at least make sure that the walls are freshly painted, the, the carpets are fresh, uh, it, at least shampooed or replaced, um, and all those kinds of things are impacting because people have choices these days, and, and uh, it's important to stay competitive. So how does the sales market impact the rental market? It, it does have an impact, uh, albeit it is um, uh, kind of, uh, on the side, uh, and, and I'll kind of explain that. Um, as, as the cost of housing has uh, risen to purchase a property, let's say in Bellevue, uh, it, it probably costs you about uh, $1,000 a month more to own that house as it does to rent that very same house mm-hmm. uh, currently. Um, and and I'm, I'm just making up these numbers, but it's, it's roughly around there. Uh, and th- that has an impact on people staying within the rental market. It's more affordable. Mm. Um, they, they might be waiting for a downturn um, uh, in yeah, sales luck. market. Yeah, yeah. And, and good luck, right? Yeah. Um, and, and so it does have an impact there. Uh, we are seeing kind of in the mid-tier market, uh, right around $2,500. Um, uh, actually, people are purchasing because in, in that range. Um, and that's having an impact on, on growing inventory, houses staying on the market longer. Um, so it's kind of an indirect impact of that, uh, okay. and we can continue to see that. What do you see as the future for the local rental market? The local re- rental market, uh, I think we can continue seeing a leveling off on price increases. Hmm. Uh, I do see it still increasing over time, uh, just not at these 15% per year that we were what is a What's a standard when. average? Um, 
It depends on the market again, very very much so, even even down to the neighborhood level. Okay. Okay. Um, but places like Bellevue, we're actually uh, we're relisting properties at the same price that they were rented for last year. Okay. And, and so no some, change. Sometimes, um, sometimes we have to tame off if it was rented. Because you kind of hit a ceiling, right? We we hit a ceiling mm-hmm. in in 2016, 2017, and and people were were bidding each other up, even mm-hmm. in the rental market. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're not seeing that anymore, so we're having to curb our expectations. Uh, as far as that goes. So without getting too political here, um, I see things like Seattle enacting renter protections, for example, the no winter eviction. Mm-hmm. What, in, in a general sense, what impact do you see that happening on, on uh, the rental market? We have yet to see uh, the real impacts of that. I, I think uh, we have seen in other markets how it's impacted uh, their rental industries. Uh, we, we have had um, some clients sell properties um, uh, you know, the property will always be there. So so uh, the question is who's going to purchase them and who's going to maintain, especially like a multifamily building. Uh, those will always remain and they will always be rentals, right? Right. Um, uh, I, I don't think it's going to have an immediate uh, tangible impact uh, on the rental market. My, my concern and, and where I focus is uh, times are not <coughs> always as strong as they are now. And, yeah. and right. what happens in the time of downturn and, and how long is it going to take to pull ourselves out of a downturn with all these regulations in place? And that's that's mm. where um, uh, my concern lies. Mm. OK, interesting. Um, so in the limited amount of time we have left, if you were to buy an investment property right now, where would you look? For me, uh, I love the east side, um, mm. um, even going far as far down south as Renton. Um, access to to jobs is very important. Uh, my personal strategy with with rental properties is pr- uh, property price appreciation. So I'm not mm. as concerned with the monthly cash. It's flow. not as much cash flow. Uh, yeah. It's, it's right. not about the cash flow for me. And and you likely won't be able to cash flow on a property uh, on the east side right, right. now. Um, but over time, I think the cash flow is uh, doesn't have as significant of an impact than say a fifty percent increase in the property value over the right. next ten or fifteen right. years. Yep. Um, yep. And and that's what I'm focused on. Okay, Dylan, thanks for coming on the show today. It's Thank very you. informative. Yep, How do our great. listeners reach you? Uh, you can reach me uh, either online. Our website is brinkpm.com. Uh, my email address is always the best way. It's simply Dylan at brinkpm.com. It's D Y L A N. Dylan, thank you. Thank you so much. Remember that all of the segments of our show are available to watch on our YouTube channel. If you're interested in learning more about any of our guests, please subscribe. Join us after the break for some final thoughts and something fun to do. Not sure if now is the right time to sell? Worried you missed the market? The Eastside Real Estate Team specializes in helping homeowners maximize their equity when selling. With our proven premier listing service, our clients have sold their homes for more money in less time than the competition. We know you have many choices when working with a real estate agent, but with the Eastside Real Estate Team, you get a team of highly qualified, experienced agents. From staging to deciding if your property is market ready for top dollar, if you're considering selling, call the Eastside Real Estate Team at 425 425- 200-4093 or check out our website at the eastsiderealestateteam.com a subsidiary of Keller Williams Realty in Bellevue Do you want to hold on to a property but don't have the time or knowledge to manage a tenant? The solution is Brink Property Management They can take care of this for you so you can relax 
Why us? We attract and retain the most experienced property managers in the region with over 23 years serving the local rental market. For more information, contact 425-458-4848 or visit www.brinkpm.com. Do you think having potential is a compliment or insult? Jedediah Collins and Rookie to Veteran empowers people to eliminate the gap between potentially achieving your goals and taking the actions to achieve success. Rookie to Veteran takes pride in translating the behaviors of the best in the world to your everyday life. Jedediah has empowered thousands of people to start capturing their dream. For more information, visit JedediahCollins.com or for financial freedom, follow Jedediah Collins' YouTube channel. Get inspired every hour right here on Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Real Talk on 1150 KKNW. Let's get right into our final thoughts of the day. Brian, what do you got? Okay, I need to be careful here because the <laughs> listing police might be listening. <laughs> Wait. But uh, we talked earlier about preparing homes for sale. Dan and I are doing several right now. Yes. And so if you want this skinny, we, we are prohibitive from doing what's called pre-marketing. So I can't tell you any detail whatsoever. We'd, kill, we'd have to kill you. To say you. this is what we do for a living. We do it every day. And so if you want a, a uh, an early bird opportunity... Just uh, reach out to us, subscribe. And the second we list, launch that listing, you get notified. Yes. Yeah. We yep. can't do it the second before, but we can do it the second. Of. So we got one really good value in Sammamish oh, coming up. Uh, yeah, we do. And another one in Redmond coming right. up. And uh, another out, one in Sammamish after like. that. Yep. And some, uh, boy, some exciting opportunities. And also, we're in the uh, uh, consistent position to be locating uh, really terrific investment properties. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the things uh, talking uh, earlier, um, our strong opinion is you don't uh, uh, you, you make your your living on your job. You build wealth with real estate. Yeah. So Dan, yeah. what's fun this week? Well, and along those lines, before we get to the fun, is we have Dylan who can help us out locally. Um, I've been on a fact finding mission to find some national investments. So um, in addition to having something tangible here, if you want to invest in, we can help. But also, again, reach out to us. We'll put you on our list for international, where we're at, not international, excuse me, national, where we're looking at cities that have positive cash flow. And we may be having future podcasts and radio shows where we're bringing in the experts from other cities to tell us where not only the cash flow is, because that would be a good idea, or some appreciation and combination of yeah. both. So this weekend, if you're looking for something fun to do, music to your ears, Bellevue Youth Symphony Orchestra, Symphona String Quartet. Symphona Wind Quintet, Youth Symphony String Quartet, and Youth Symphony Wind Quintet. I think Gabby does this to make it hard for me to pronounce these things. I know she does. In uh, They're performing in Crossroads Bellevue. I bet they've been working really hard. 3 p.m. This concert is free, and you can uh, visit byso.org to find out more information. So free is hard to beat. Free is very hard to beat. Yeah. So you touched on something uh, a second ago on our three objectives on income properties. Yes. So I'm going backward a little bit. Okay. But cash flow, appreciation, or cash flow and appreciation. And both. Yeah. And so our yeah. uh, our affiliates are working with us to locate properties all over this amazing country of ours, not just uh, the local market. Yeah. So that concludes our show for this week. I especially want to thank our guests, Jedediah and Dylan, for taking the time to speak with us today. Thank you all for listening. And before we go... In the words of Russell Sage, don't wait to buy real estate. Buy real estate and wait. Thanks for listening.